Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I sit down to talk about the importance of membership in our spiritual formation journey, and we discuss this week's messages in our series entitled Reformed. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching uh, with Pastor John. We're, I think, episode 143. Uh, Closing in on the 150. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, So we are in kind of... So this is the midpoint Midpoint, uh, of the Reform series, uh, Sola Fide. I I did want to talk a little bit about... And this will, I think, carry us into the conversation of faith alone, but just before we hit record, I you know, wanted to talk about the role of the church member and, mm. and the, the concept of church membership um, in our common life together right. with, with people in the church. And I'll kind of – I said this to you before, but uh, just to set this up for the audience at home, like we, we have a membership class coming up this Sunday, mm-hmm. on November 19th, for those that are listening at a different time. Um, and I was um, – talking to a student from uh, a local university here about what part of our tradition of spiritual formation, Christian education. And one of the big things that we do is this concept of church membership. So for folks that don't know, or maybe they, they are church members, but they still maybe don't still don't know, how would you dis- define church membership here at fpc like what is it why you know why is that important what, yeah. what what's the difference between a church member and someone who's just a very good yeah. regular attender like how yeah. would you describe that to somebody coming in yeah that's a great question because the the uh, uh in, in my mind if you are showing up regularly you are in in a way you are a church member mm-hmm. you're part of you you have decided that this is your this is your place yeah and this is uh and no other place uh or if you do the other places you do that dab that a lot of people do, which is different than saying I'm going to be in literally be in three different lo- three different churches. Sometimes yeah. I'll go to that event because my friends my friends are there. Yeah. Um, so th- so if, if you're showing up regularly, if a person's showing up regularly at, at the church, they are in, in a de facto church member. But we have this other category, um, and I the the analogy that I've always used is is it's the difference between dating and and uh, and, and marrying a person. Okay. And when you date a person, you're showing up regularly. You're that person. You you are an item. Mm-hmm. You're officially an, an item. But when you marry a person, you are going public with that big time, and you're going deeper with that big time. And it's that type of thing. It's it's my commitment is I sh- there, there shall be no there shall be no other. Yeah. And I'm I'm committing to this place. And then all the other side things that come off of that are you know things like um, when when it comes to voting on certain things, you have you have uh, the power. You have voting and voice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Vote, 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 vote and voice, right? Yeah, vote. And, uh, yeah, and we have to remind people of that when we have congregational meetings that only yeah. church members have vote and voice. They, yeah. They're the only ones that are allowed to approach the microphone and, and speak their mind. Yeah, and it's not because we don't love the other people, because like, we, like you said, we have, we have people that are attending here. They're contributing financially here. They're contributing their service here, but for whatever reason, they have not. You know, for lack of a better term, put their yeah. their name on the dotted line to say, yeah. you know, this is. They haven't walked down the aisle. That, yeah, this mm-hmm. is my church. And, yeah, you know that analogy is we talk is apt because we think about marriage as a covenant 
um, between two individuals, but really right. before God. Like that's the it's not it's not just a contractual agreement. And the same thing would be true with membership. We talk to people about the covenant of membership, which is basically that you will support the congregation with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service. I mean, those mm-hmm. are the four basic categories. And there are other people that are already living into that covenant, but without declaring it. And I think it's it's interesting that. There are a lot of churches that have kind of cast off the kind of membership category. Yeah. And they do so for, I don't know, I think it's it's probably... Lowering more, the threshold of difficulty yeah. to be considered to be a part of a community. Yeah. And perceptional reasons, like, you know, people don't want to... There, people, there's this... There was a big kind of... Non-joining movement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I'm not going to... I'm not a joiner, right? I'm yeah. not a joiner, right? And, and uh, you know... For whatever that's worth, fine. But but and then other churches have taken the word membership out of the equation and replaced it with something else that basically means the same thing. I've heard, I've heard of churches calling what we would call members. They've called them covenant partners, which yeah. which I could I could be convinced that that may be a better term, right? But but it's, it's the one I, the one I heard was that they the church called a big church uh, out of South Carolina called. Um, Called their members owners, owners, oh, which okay. is which. On the one hand, it, 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 I like it because it says you know members have privileges, owners have responsibilities. Oh yeah, and that was their message. Yeah. That members members have privileges, owners have responsibilities. But on the other hand, we don't actually own this church. That's right. Yeah, this yeah. is the Church of Jesus Christ. Right. None of us are owners. He's the owner. He's That's the right. one and only owner. That's right. And and we use that term member primarily because we think of the church as the body of Christ, and yeah. the biblical phraseology is. Just as a body has many members, members yeah. so too the, the the church of God. You know, yeah. so we use that term from a biblical theological standpoint. Um, it, I think, if people understand that the, the the background behind membership is not like you're a member of a club, yeah, which is I think how a lot of people perceive that. You know, oh well, I'm a. It, it's like a country club. It's like a, a, a you know, some sort civic of organization. civic organization. Which that's fine, but but that's not what we mean by that, right? We mean it. In reference to the body of Christ, that analogy yeah. that is the biblical analogy used by Paul to describe how the how the church works, and every functioning body uh, that is fully a hundred percent healthy has fully functioning members of yeah. the body, and that's the hope that folks will come in and be members of the the church. One thing that is useful when it comes to comparing uh, membership in the church to membership in civic organizations mm-hmm. or um, you know, fraternal organizations or, or um, uh, country clubs, things like that, is uh, I and I, I I think it's still relevant today because I heard some time ago that it's 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 more challenging. There there are more barriers to put in place for joining those kind of organizations mm-hmm. than there are in joining the church. And yet, what they do is of temporal significance, and what we do is of eternal significance. And why do we make it less? You know, difficult. Difficult. Yeah. Why do we not? Why do we not spend more time talking about who we are, what the faith is all about? And I think that's still relevant. That that that, yeah. that let's let's make sure that we have some time to. I mean, we don't do this here, but I used to ask ask my those who were coming to join the church to actually write out mm-hmm. a little bit of spiritual bio, autobiography words like who's been significantly important to you spiritually in, yeah. in your journey and 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 and. Um, when did you? When were you aware that 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 of all the possible faith traditions that are out there, you most definitely 
were committed to, as a Christian. Like, yeah. just tell us that story. Yeah. That's what we'd ask them to do. But the, the, that, the impulse, even us having the membership class, asking the, the covenant questions that we ask, that we do ask, those are all, they all have in mind that we want to make sure people come in with their eyes open, that we know where they are spiritually, they know what's important to us as, as a church, and that we do raise it. It's not difficulty, that's not the right word, but we're kind of creating some level of, of weight yeah. around this is a, this is a significant step. Yeah. Well, and and I've I've heard churches that that say what's you know when you think about like the the early the the early church right so the early church in membership I mean they had like it was like a two year process before you become like an official member like you go through the catechumen stage yeah and uh, I encourage anybody to look up that stage if they think church membership like our requirements yeah. or any any church yeah. requirements are yeah. too hard or too high but it's pretty intense the the first church stage and but they were really doing so for spiritual reasons but also because it was also a brand new movement yeah, there's they, nothing cultural working yeah. for them they had they had no cultural totally. cultural inertia to, to lean on for that we we have some of that and, and there was no the the the, the pre, pre, there was no prevalence of the i mean word of god so we could tell people we can give people bibles we can give people you know theological statements you know we can we could if we wanted to we don't do this but we could if they and they ask some people do ask give them the book of confessions and the book of order they can do that study on their own the early church first second third century didn't have those tools so it was like no no no, you got to come and be trained in this new movement which is still fairly brand new and turning the whole world upside down but i've i've heard of churches doing 16 weeks or eight weeks or four even four weeks and we have vacillated here from doing literally a, a 15 or 20 minute talk you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to you know two two or three weeks and and you know we've landed on basically an hour and a half kind of unpacking what we believe kind of an orientation yeah, yeah kind of an orientation and then another week where they actually sit down and meet with the elders yeah. uh, I will say this that part, part of my impulse for, for wanting something more significant and more weighty uh, for I want it for the people who are joining the church mm-hmm. because my experience I man I literally had a profoundly deep spiritual transformative tectonic plates shift of my soul mm-hmm. the night before yeah and I show up the church. And I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to join. Now, they'd asked me to join, and I'd like. I, I got, they asked me that because two weeks ago they'd asked. Prior they'd asked me, so I show up and I'm like I'm like humming on all eight cylinders. Yeah. I had this. My feet are not even touching the ground. I'm just so you know spiritually charged, supercharged. And uh, and I had a really sweet person. A couple of elders kind of walked. We were all standing up in the room. We all walked one by one. They, and they it's kind of like us with this the three three questions, but there was but. Minus all of the things that that we do relationally, the built that's built in this, they just went from you know, what's your name? Yeah, do you believe in Jesus? Do you, mm-hmm. you know, want to be baptized? You know, want to be joined as church? And you know, there are three or four questions, and then they moved on. I'm like, ah, I was like chasing them down. Come here, I got to tell you something that just happened to me 12 hours ago, and it was nothing. I was a joke about it. They didn't, I didn't even get a kiss out of it. I was like nothing, and I said, I want to make sure that that we don't do that. Yeah. Because as I understand, there's a lot of people joining that day. Uh, it was Easter Sunday, actually. There's a lot of people joining that day, and I understand that. But should be some relational weight to there it. There needs to be, you know. Yeah. And 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 just before we hit record, you you mentioned the, the idea of, and I think this is important, like the the spiritual importance of these markers, these kind of milestones, where yeah. you can point back to 
they're almost affirmation moments. I mean, because membership is not, we do not equate membership with salvation. No, that's a very important distinction. Yeah. If you are not an official dotted line member of the church, does not affect you. You know, you're not going to heaven because you're an official member. You're not not going to heaven because you're not an official member. That that's as we're going to talk about. That's that's that is that is done. That's that work is done through Jesus Christ and 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 membership is 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 an extension of the formation of that relationship not does not result in the relationship and i've had other people look at it the opposite way we're like i i'm a member so i'm good right and you know my father-in-law used to call it fire insurance right they, they, yeah that's right <laughs> and 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 uh that's not the case either i'm getting in because my wife's really strong in her faith that's right yeah i'm mean, yeah, riding yeah. it on their coattails, yeah, coattails yeah, yeah yeah when you get to when you get to let heaven, me know how that works out for yeah, it's yeah tell me what tell me what they say when you get to heaven like yeah but see uh, right here you know now we do uh the best i think we can on this side of heaven in giving people the opportunity to declare their faith in the membership process right i mean and and we have done the write out your religious write out your spiritual story thing as well but we present the gospel every single time we do a membership class just to make sure people don't misunderstand what yeah. what we're saying about what's important yeah um, your your sermon sunday is your message at the membership class and we do that yeah, I mean, we go it's, through it's like bread and butter you, yeah yeah the last last two weeks i think both of our messages have been as you, I think you said it. The analogies, you know, it's right down the middle over the plate. Right? Yeah. It's it's very, it, but it's important. But but membership is part of our spiritual formation process. You know that we say, hey, you know, like if you're committed here, this is a this is a, this is a milestone to mark your commitment, and it's not unimportant because I mean we last last uh, Friday, you know, we had Peggy Snow. Uh, tell the history of the church she's been a member over 70 years she's yeah. 94 95 years old been a member almost her entire adult life and um i i've watched the recording of some of the her oh, things and, and and just like that's what it means to be a member yeah. you know you spent your life to in a, in a community so that you know that community inside and out you know that the pitfalls and 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 someone like Peggy, she's seen the worst that this church has to offer. Yeah. And she's seen the best. And and she's been part of the congregation for all that time and said, No, no, I'm a member of this church. Just like if my body if, if a part of my body starts to break down, <laughs> I'm not cutting it off. You know, if if I you Good know, point. You know, so it's, it's, now, now now you're raising questions about what what do you do when things aren't going well? Yeah. Now yeah. when you declare to be a part of a family, what do you do if your if your family's having an argument? Yeah. Yeah. Well, some people. Some people. This is this is kind of the world that well, it's always been there, but it seems to be more pronounced. But some people say, "Well, then I no longer want this family. I no longer want this marriage. I want no yeah. longer want this dating relationship. I just I'm going to I'm going to abandon it." Yeah. And that's 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 not what we're saying in the body yeah. of Christ. Yeah. And and f- we're, to, we're saying for, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. And for it to get to the level of that. It has to be extreme, just like in the marriage uh, uh, analogy that, mm. that you use. I mean, there there are reasons to, to break a marriage, but there are extreme reasons. Like the whole irreconcilable differences line is not really a valid one, biblically speaking, right? I mean, we're yeah. talking about massive abuse and infidelity and those sorts of things. And there are churches where spiritual abuse is very present. You have to acknowledge that. Um, And where, where there are serious deviations from the gospel, 
we have to acknowledge that. But that's, as you've mentioned in sermons before, that is the exception that gets the megaphone of yeah. the news and not the rule. And sometimes it can feel like the rule, but that's because the megaphone of those problems it's culturally loud. Yeah. Yes, very culturally loud. Yeah. And and there's not a whole yeah. lot of of balance to that. You know, not a lot of people saying, but yeah, but what about all of this that that these 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 churches of varying sizes have done in the name of Jesus Faithful, Christ, yeah. which are there's a video Beautiful, there's right? a video that i've seen and it's just about the strength of the church historical strength of the church that it's just a little three-minute video that's just so powerful i think because it, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a reset of that megaphone that we hear like all the christians are bad or all the things the church has done is abuse people and it says oh well okay um yes sinners have sinned and they've been terrible since mm-hmm. uh, but that's not the the entire story yeah to, to stop there is to miss the, the entire what about the faithful churches have been nothing but nothing but faithfulness yeah you know it's great by the way sidebar um peggy snow right here yeah peggy snow would be a great one oh, to have, that's on, a have great an idea. armchair preaching and just yeah. talk about the preachers that she, the preachers yeah. that she has sat under for for 70 years <laughs> that would be great uh, i want to make i am writing a note right now i really am because we're going to have some bonus episodes coming up uh I mentioned it uh last week yeah um, i'm scheduled uh our new newly minted i think we used that term last week yeah. uh newly minted sam carlton and uh our uh, our fine arts uh, classic fine arts director and uh, jennifer voigt we're going to be doing episodes with them uh in the coming weeks to talk about the role of music and the preached word uh and uh yeah that's a great idea john maybe in the new year i'm going to get peggy in here and have her sit down and share some of her story and what she's seen in the pulpits in the pulpits because she's been in, in, in three of them i think three out of the four born in one married in the other and and now, and now in this here one. yeah now here yeah yeah she's a, she's a card too she's a card uh she'll be a good guest she'd, she'd be, be a, she'd be a great guest so we 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 are uh, in this series, and this membership conversation does really play into what we're talking about. Because right. this, this week we really talked about faith alone. And mm. when you're approaching, so again, this is a very bread and butter kind of topic, important to do, uh, as we we did with the Ordo Salutis a few years ago. Um, it's bread and butter, but we like to use Latin, so yeah. it feels less bread, <laughs> bread and butter. Bread and butter seems more whole, f- folksy, but <laughs> we, right. we, we do it in Latin. Right. We're doing it in Latin, because we are reformed, right? <laughs> Maybe there's a, there's a trend here. If it's really important, if you, if you when the Latin comes out, it's really important, yes, pay right. attention. Yeah. yeah, it's foundational <laughs> and it's important. So you're approaching this, and, and we we took a little bit different tacks to it. You yeah. really focused a lot on the justification piece. Yeah. Um, what is the what is the the let's talk about it from a positive standpoint right what is the value in talking about these things that that like faith that seems so foundational what's the value in coming back to this yeah. in your mind yeah good question somebody came up after church uh, and asked uh, why in the end why does all of this matter yeah and I said, I think all of it matters because this is this is the way we understand how we get to be in the presence of God. Yeah, that's that's why it matters. I mean, the, the question to, to this week was, how can I be be in right standing with God? But behind that question, it was like, how am I? How do I even get to be in the? Pre- I believe in God. Mm-hmm. How do I have the confidence to know what that that I get to be in the in the presence of God? I think that I think this series is is, is addressing that. Yeah. And that's why, and I th- that's why, and I think Ordo Salutis was addressing this mm-hmm. as well. It's just these are the kind of ultimate questions that lead to the ultimate reality of being in the eternal presence of God. Yeah, and I look at this 
and I looked. This is how I in the, in in when I get into the framework of like a, 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 an order of salvation or the the five solas. To me, it's 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 a reset back to the awe-inspiring nature of God and His love for us, right? Mm. And and so good point. So often, and and it's this is not we we do this on purpose, right? We we talk about the practical side of faith on purpose, the practical side of our Christianity on purpose, because as you the way you framed it on Sunday, or at least on in the online message was, you know, what is this? So what? Right, you know, it's the so what. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, what what? How does this make a difference in my Monday through Saturday life? And that's important to do. We 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 try to do that every single week on some level. But for these, we we're I think we're elevating that what it what matters is that our our relationship with God in Jesus Christ is the thing that pulls us up out of the the mundanity of life right and it points us to this grand and eternal redemptive purpose that every single one of us is part of and that that no matter where we feel like we are at on the socioeconomic strata where we are in our position with God by the by the the sacrifice of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's of right. like you just yeah. said, that's of ultimate importance yeah. and ultimate value, and that ought to give us some sense of levity is not the right word, but at least some sense of perspective when we go so, into the, de- the 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 craziness of our everyday life, right? Well, I think that's what it's, as you were saying that, I was, I was looking over my notes from your sermon, I was just thinking, you know, the, the, I think we both were, have been doing this, and that is, that's very visionary, what you've yeah. just been describing, it's very visionary, it's very, it's not aspirational, because it's re, it's a realized vision that we're yeah. living it, uh, but it just takes us out, as you yeah. said, out of that sort of the, the mire of the, of the daily activities, but it's very visionary. It gives us eyes to see it at a different level, but as a reason I was looking at our notes is that but neither one of us want to want to, to sort of stay in abstraction Absolutely. in that visionary thing. We still want to make this practical. Yeah. We still have that. How, how do you move heaven down to earth so that your your earthly life is always heavenly, heavenly more heavenward pointed, right? Yeah. Um, if I think I just made up a word, heavenward is that a heaven, heavenward? Heavenward, but, heavenward, heavenward yeah. right? But it, it, I think that's what we're we're wanting to accomplish is yeah. to say these grand found but foundational ideas do make a difference. Yeah. It, because I think it's very easy for for people of of faith people not of faith to get so bogged down you know really bogged down in even if it's a happy bogged down it's the the to-do list it's the it's the it's the get the kids to school it's the you know worry about my retirement the the other way of saying that is it's it's difficult to to get their head up yeah. when they're bogged down yeah. their eyes their field of vision narrows their 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 distractedness is is really really easy to be sort of get focus on a hundred things at once and what we're trying to do is we're trying to get their heads up and to cause them to look up yeah just for these these few minutes for you know like when we're sort of casting this beautiful vision of, mm-hmm. of God's presence and God's work for us and and I, I'd like to think that these are these are you know these are the prophet Isaiah going before the mm-hmm. before the, the the threshold of God in the vision in, uh, in in Isaiah six. You know, these are those kind of moments. Where you go, oh yeah, oh yeah. There's yeah. there's the big picture. Yeah. There's there's why all this matters. And then you come down from that yeah. um, and, and transformed. So what is the so we're talking about these things that that 
the words that we're using now, yeah, we start off in Latin, but we would get down to, to Scripture, Christ, faith, grace, and glory. Yeah. These are all words that if you've been in church, you've heard these words over and over and over again. So what is the challenge for you in kind of narrowing it down to say, well, this is the aspect of faith that we're going to really unpack yeah. today? Well, part, part of the challenge is familiarity with it. Yeah. Is it there's a lot of assumed information that uh, – actually, this is true in general with the church. There's a lot of things that we assume in the church are, are true that we haven't done a lot of sort of processing to, to, to understand why that, that is true yeah. uh, or, or, or not really articulate about it. So I think part of it – and faith is one. and. You and I both did something, and I would love that you got it in early. Yeah. I got it in towards the towards the end. It was kind of almost like built to it. You just you went with this idea that faith is not our work, yeah. and you just hit it again and again all the way through the through the sermon, because I, I think both of us knew that there's an impulse in this world to say that. I don't. I think if people were to think it through, they wouldn't say this. But the way they language it is that my faith that I almost subtext whipped up whipped up on my own yes is the basis for all look at all, look at what it says about my faith that I, I made happen that I get all these blessings out of that and we were just I think both of us were trying to squash that well and I and I think because I and I think I mentioned this last week in the in in the podcast is I've heard people take the gospel and reduce it down to the the moral imperative right so the gospel is about looking to Jesus in terms of what I should do to live a good life, hmm. which is not the gospel. I mean, Jesus does give us the moral exemplar of what a yeah. good life looks like, but that's not the gospel, yeah. right? So I, I want to. Yeah, it's a byproduct. That's it's, why it's, I, I think. I, that's why maybe it's maybe it's because that's the drumbeat that's in my head right now. Like it's not a work. It's not a work. Faith is not a work, right? Yeah. And, that's why, and that's why I went back and went to the Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, which we're going to really unpack this week. Um, but I wanted to hit that down to say, no, no, no. The It's not just the grace that's a gift, which we're going to really dig into this week, but it's the faith that's also a gift. And why is that important? Yeah. You know, why is that important? And and you, you mentioned the in your message really heavily on the justification piece yeah. so as you're looking at all oh, i mean we man that's talk about a huge i mean we i mean we did it in, like an entire did, movement was started out with yeah, this, this idea this whole idea of justification what did, what made you decide to land on the angle of justification the way that you landed on it because you could have approached it in, in the order salute series we approached it from a slightly different angle yeah um i went back i don't know if you did this i went back to the order salutus message on faith and and just kind of looked at the angle i hit there i but didn't the, but then i went i went in reverse course like well because i really in that message hit the justification piece really really hard yeah and so i was like well that's just a year ago so i'm going to go back and and kind of do a slightly different angle. What what caused well, you to land and, on and that? And I guess it was the, the answer, the real answer, would be the Romans passage, because uh, yeah. it's so prevalent there. So I wanted to come come back to that uh, again. And what stood out, I think, for me this time was how simultaneously two things happen: yeah. that the um, that the forgiveness of, of sins uh, on our personal sort of the account of our soul, the forgiveness of sins is is given to us uh, and or subtracted from our account and then the uh, the guilt of our sins and then the uh, what's added is this whole idea that we we receive the righteousness of Christ is deposited into our account that to me was really 
um, it's not a new idea, of course, but it's it was it, it felt fresh to tie that to because that's that's we're justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Yeah, but it felt fresh to be able to say, yeah, well, I don't know that I've hit it that way before. Is that it, this, this is justified by faith apart from from works? So I, I, I wanted to get that faith piece piece out of that attached to justification. Yeah, and I think the justification piece too, like. It's really hard for people to kind of wrap their brains around it, and that's why you, you really do have to come back to it so often, because this declaration of not guilty, not because of something that we've done, but something that's applied to us, you know, and, and one of the things... not doesn't want, feel right. doesn't feel right. Not in our society. It doesn't yeah. feel, it's the same thing we've been talking about the last two weeks, yeah. is, that, is it doesn't feel right, because we, we are still very transactional mindset. And we keep, even as Christians, go back to, I've got to earn it, I've got to earn it, I've got to earn it, I'm far from God, so I've got to earn it, that that kind of thing. And, and this is where, you know, we talked about this... Uh, um, in the lead up to this series, but we, we neither one of us went there. I was going to be curious if you actually talked about the difference between imputed righteousness versus infused righteousness. You mentioned it a bit last week. Last week, yeah. But but didn't really. Uh, and I was debating about because the Catholics have this infused righteousness, right? Yeah. That Christ's righteousness is, and I, I'm I'll be honest. I, you were raised Catholic, so you probably know better than I do, maybe. But what that really looks like as a as a difference to the imputed rights. I mean, I know what imputed righteousness is. Well, it makes sense why the, the moralistic teaching that you were just talking about a little while ago, why that's so pre- prevalent in that system is because the, it, those are the those are the actions that are required of you. Yeah. You know, to, to have that, to, to cooperate with, to do your part with uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the the righteousness that's given to you. Yeah. So you have, to, you have that, that righteousness plus your own actions. Well, you got to, be really clear on what those actions are so it tends to be very uh, moralistic in its application of that and it's funny to me how many protestant denominations who claim not to believe in like in the like they they claim to believe in imputed righteousness still doctrinally work out a righteousness by works i I was actually talking to somebody uh yesterday who talked about they were raised in a particular lutheran church when you think martin luther you're thinking of course they would be faith alone grace alone but this the, the 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 i'd never heard of this particular branch of the lutheran church the lestadians i don't know i never heard of this before it's a very small uh i looked it up because uh they were describing to me kind of what they were raised in and i was like i never heard it's very very moralistic and very like your sins are not forgiven unless a human person gives you that forgiveness and i was like i was like man where did that come from so so it's interesting how there are how that that creep happens even amongst protestants because we have such a hard time accepting anything as being free you know and yeah. and and that's for ourselves right and I, I use the example of well we accept it when it's convenient but we don't accept it when we can't like wrap our heads i want to talk about the whole idea of, of american freedom this past Sunday, because we have that built into our societal impulse to say, well, there are other people who are paying the, the price for freedom for me. Yeah. Right. I don't. Yeah. That was a nice tie. And you had to, you, you recognize the military veterans and you talked about that, their sacrifice and that led right into that. Well, because I mean, you, you, you were raised in a military family. I was raised in a military family at, at both there. Both of us have had times where we thought about going into the military and being very serious about it at various times. But, 
neither one of us have has individually served, but our citizenship is not in jeopardy because we never served, which is not the case in other countries. I mean, there are many. I looked yeah. it up. It's crazy how many. There, I, I didn't, the, the number I know is, you mentioned Israel because we were in Masada in the south of Israel, and uh, they had they, they do a ceremony there with, the, um, with their military. Mm-hmm. At Masada, yeah, and, and they, it's and male and female, male and female. They're male. all, all yeah. together because that's a sidebar. But the story of that Masada is they, they these yeah. these people made the ultimate sacrifice, yes, uh, in, in opposition to the effort to conquer them. Yes, yeah, yeah, and 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 there are. I mean, it, it, but it's I was, mandatory. That's the, it's the, mandatory, the, mandatory conscription. I was surprised, even like you know, first world countries like Belgium, like they're they're a place like that have that mandatory conscription, and and I was um, I was surprised at the number. Like it's not, it, it it's and we have we have the draft, but that has not been in my lifetime. They've never yeah, called, decades, called anybody yeah. up, and and it, I mean, it doesn't look like that's going to happen again because of the way the military is moving away from you know, on the ground combat sort of things. But it's it's just we have it built in when it's when we for whatever reason that doesn't work on our brains like to say, well no 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 I we don't all have that patriotic impulse to say, well no, I must serve because I want to be a strong freestanding citizen. Consider to be part of my 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 a citizen of my country. This yeah. is what I do. We're yeah. happy to accept that. Yeah. <laughs> We're happy for somebody else to go serve. Yeah. But when it comes to our faith in in Jesus Christ and the salvation for our sins, that we have a, we struggle with that. We struggle with that. And that's that's interesting. I think one of the other big things and we talked about this a little bit. You actually mentioned this in your sermon that all of these things kind of weave together, right? Like it's hard to to separate grace and faith and Christ and and the glory of God. I think we were we were saying the same thing a year ago with the Ordo Salutis yeah. as well. The Order of Salvation, you don't you don't we, we we separate them so we can talk about them, the components of this uh, effectively, but but you don't separate them in in the living life. Yeah. They, they are. I mean, you, you can't. Yes. They, they belong together. It's just yeah. And some of it is. And I, when I was talking to someone after your sermon last week, so at, I'm not kidding. Right after you and I recorded the podcast, I had someone talk to me about you were talking about Christ alone, and you really had emphasized the grace side of it there, right? Mm-hmm. And you had emphasized there the 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 faith component is not a work. You emphasized it last week. You talked about it again this week. Yeah. And this person who you you and I both know was still. I mean, this is Tuesday. Oh, I know. Right? He was he was still just uh, churning over churning that. over it. Which I love that because it's like, yeah, you should churn over it because how we feel, like, and how we how we experience life, the temporality of it, it is our it, it is our response, but it's not. <laughs> like the, the the ability to respond is a gift. Because without yeah. the gift of the Holy Spirit empowering us, which goes back to the order of salutis regeneration piece, we are not going to respond positively. Yeah. Do you think there's a danger of over – if we were to emphasize this significantly and really got it wrapped our heads around it, do you think there's a danger of de- de-emphasizing works of faith? Yeah. And and demotivating people to do works of faith. If we yeah. if, if we if we spend a lot of time saying God's done it all, like somebody, I look, we're we're Americans, right? Yeah. Somebody says you don't do anything, 
to a deserve it. Yeah, you don't do anything. You have nothing in, inside you that that was in, in, inherently um, should receive, receive this. And your faith that you have right now, you didn't even cause that. Yeah, you, you didn't do anything to get that either. Yeah. So, how many people are, are we demotivating people to say, well, what, what's my, what do I, what's but the point of me? Well, I do think it's a danger, right? I mean, and and if we look at the history of the Presbyterian Church, the Reformed Church, they have had seasons where they have been totally non-evangelistic, totally uh, non. The spiritual formation is entirely information transmission and not transformation, and they've used that. They use the excuse of it's God's eternal work, and I don't add anything to it, so I'm not going to do anything. Right, I mean, what's the famous? And I and I'm, I'm blanking on the missionary. It might be William Carey. When William, I think it's William Carey, go, goes before, every the, every year. The, the, well, he goes before the the, the mission board, and I, I might not be William Carey, but I'm pretty sure it is. But he goes before the Presbyterian mission board in in, in um and and he's going to you know go and and evangelize the heathen. And one of the one of the 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 board members, whatever, gets up and says, "Young young man, if God wants to evangelize the heathen, He will do it." Right, and and the idea was to demotivate Carrie from going out into the mission field. God doesn't need you, Carrie. You don't, yeah. and He doesn't need our money to go to uh, the mission field. So we're not, you know, and so that's the hyper evangel, a uh, hyper Calvinist view of that and and our response is no we do works of faith because god has given us the faith yeah. to do we those can't works can't that enough we can <laughs> and that's why i think we both we both say these things is that um, is that is that because these the these things follow when you have this legitimate faith and you realize the what has been done for for you, yeah. he's like you're so humbled by that, you're yeah. so grateful for that, and, so, and and it makes you then want to go out and do these amazing things. It just makes it really interesting from the preacher's point of view because you're so, we're self aware of the fact that we may be demotivating for those who need to you need to parse out because we got a fixed amount of time. We need to parse out the implications of all this. We're not spending a lot of time on the implications on this. Almost makes you want to do a now. The next series is going to be called uh, What work, Do You Do? Works. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> the yeah, do something. The works. <laughs> Don't just sit there. Do something. Right. <laughs> Right, and 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 I I think the reason we have done a lot more of this over the last year or so, I think, because I I felt like we have upticked the amount of it's not about what you do, it's about what God has done for you. Yeah, it's that it's that done kind of do versus done, yeah, do versus done kind of mentality. I think because at least I'll tell you this is from my perspective. I just feel as though, and we've heard this many, many times over, we're in a hyper-anxiety culture. And to me, I feel like it's such a relief to hear that, that, that my good or bad actions are not dude, diminishing dude, that's so good are not diminishing my into your sermon sunday that, 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 which that, i did that, i did this past sunday yeah, it will come back yeah, this sunday yeah, it will that, come well back these this three sunday. in particular i think they're so interwoven that they that we're saying similar things each yeah, time because i just feel like we are in a hyper anxiety culture that says we've got to perform and if we don't re- perform we're not worth anything so yeah. i i, I, I 
I think this is why suicide rates are so high. Yeah. I, I because teenagers are not given the, the 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 teenagers and young adults are not given the tools in the tool belt to say it is not about your performance. Yeah, it, it is it is about the unchangeable love that you experience from God. You are complete, accepted, and loved as you are. That foundation not as you is, should be, and I think parents don't have that. Um, as a tool in their tool belt because they don't have it for themselves either, yeah. right? I love, just, your phrase was it's a it's the remedy for stress. Oh, it's a spiritual remedy for stress. I, yeah. I really believe that. Now, again, I, and I had to, I wanted to soften a little bit because I, I want to tell people if you've got clinical depression, you've got clinical anxiety, please also use the ordinary means to deal with that. Yeah. But the spiritual means that God's given us it's is great. the gift of faith that elevates us, as we've been saying, out of the mundane. And I. I so I think that's why, we, at least I felt the impulse to to continue to emphasize that. Um, and yes, there, I, I agree with you. There's a danger in overemphasizing it, but uh, I also feel like there's a there's a uh, God uses that message because it's the truth of the gospel as an attractional method to to draw people into to Himself and to lives of faith because. Again, you could go back and say faith, it, like like James or. You know the back half of the book of Galatians. Faith is a free gift that sh- that that is that is demonstrably seen in fruit. The fruit is not yeah. the res- it, the fruit is the result. It's not the cause. Right? Yeah, and that's so that's the important part. We and you can't separate all that stuff out. As much as people will try to do, and and people will try to to, to declare discernment about a person's character or person's faith based on what they perceive to be fruit or non-fruit and so and and it's fair on the one hand but that's a dangerous place to, to fair, go as fair, well fair. because you, you can't you don't know we don't really know the, the heart it's it's fair to say we have strong evidence of the heart but you don't really know the heart yeah absolutely well and and this week coming up uh sola gratia sola gratia fa- uh, grace alone will will continue unpacking this gift of yeah. uh, and what that means for I, us. I think this week we, we finally get to make the the statement in totality. Yeah. Because it's faith um uh yes you know, through Christ, you know, um it, by faith and and through and, and by grace and through grace. I get that right. In, in Christ all, now I'm all the genitives are yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, it's that, that those phrases that phrase all goes together. It's, yeah. it's Christ, faith and and grace. Yeah. These are the these are the these are the way how does all this happen? Yeah. As all three of these come to bear on on our experience of God. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then as we as we close it out on the 26th it'll be to the glory of God alone, yeah. which I think is going to be interesting because it goes down to the eternal motivation of the redemptive purposes because if you ask people why did Jesus Christ die on the cross for our sins? I mean, their their yeah. ultimate a lot most people's response was to show his love for us, right? Yeah. Okay, well that's a secondary motivation of God. God's total motivation god's total motivation is his own glory all the time and 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 what does that say about god what does that tell us about our lives i don't know if that's where you're headed but that's probably where i'm headed a little bit anytime you you say that the chief end of 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 all of us as human beings is to glorify god you know if that's our main business yeah that's also god's main business yeah what does that say yeah how how do we process that i'm gonna unpack that some people really have a hard time with that yeah every time i say uh, I've done this, I don't know, in the eight years that I've been teaching the Agape Sunday School class, I will go at least once or twice a year, I'll talk about the chief end of God. Now, what's God's primary motivation? And as many times I've done, I've done it, uh, people still come back, well, his chief purpose is to love us. His chief purpose is yeah. to, to, I'm like, well, 
we've only been in existence depending on what 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 timeline you're looking at between you know six you know millions of, or tens of thousands of years we've been around that long but god's always existed. he's eternal yeah. he's eternal so did god have no purpose before that so yeah it's it's always interesting uh to get that equation but that's that's, that's the fun for two weeks from now. That's, the, the, two weeks that's Thanksgiving now. weekend, so that'll be a good weekend to have that that's right. message. That's right. John, you'll be in uh, Classic this classic week. This I'll week. be in Vine. And then we switch. <laughs> then we switch for the final week. And yeah. Uh, yeah. and if anyone missed this past week's messages in either Classic or Vine, do encourage you to head to fpclakeland.org to the worship page and the Sermon Archive tab where you can watch the complete Classic service, including John's message, or the complete Vine service, including my message. And uh, if you're listening to this uh, on your favorite podcasting, platform, whether it's uh, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can be notified when a new episode drops. You can also like it, review it uh, in most of those places, and share it with your friends. Uh, I think it'll be it's helpful for folks. And every time yeah. I mention that we have this podcast to people outside the church, they're like, whoa, that's really that's really cool that you guys have this that whole thing. And the people inside the church are like, well, I didn't know you guys did that. I'm like, well... <laughs> Read your email. We always announce it, put on email. But anyway, beside the point, beside the point, now you know. We all miss it. I mean, yeah, and, right. and, and insiders are often the worst to miss uh, miss all the details. We, we say, yeah, we know that. Oh, we didn't know that. That's right. Yeah. John, thank you so much for hanging out once again. Great job, Zach. And we will see everybody next time.